This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, CLC. How's everybody doing this morning? It's okay. You can put your hands together. Don't be scared. It just makes a clapping sound, which equals a noise that the Lord sees as praise. So if you want to give God some praise this morning and not use your voice, you can put two hands and just clap it real loud. Amen. My name is Tim and I'm a pastor here on staff. It's an honor to be with you this morning. I'll be bringing the word. It's an honor. I truly, truly believe it's a privilege. And so I want to say thank you first and foremost to leadership, Pastor Tom, Pastor Candy our executive leadership team for entrusting me with this opportunity. It's the first Sunday of the year. Somebody say amen. So I got to preach fire, right? I got to preach fire. Okay, so you can help me. Uh, if you know, if you've seen me preach before, you know that I'm a very much so a talk back kind of preacher. And so uh, could you just help me really quickly? Let's just practice. I want to hear you say, that's good. Okay, but you got to do that later too, okay? Don't get silent on me. You could be like, mm, preach. Oh, she's ready. I like this section right here. Okay, so I'm very, very interactive. And uh, uh, one thing that maybe you're, you, maybe you're not as interactive as I am. That's okay. I got a little something for you. We do this in our youth ministry. Uh, go ahead and put two fingers up in the air like this all over the place. Oh, yeah. And just do a double finger wag, like double tap the air. And so if I say something that's resonating with you and you're like, mm, that's so good. I can't say nothing. I'm just stuck in my chest. I'm just... And quite honestly, it's one of the best things in the world when it is a serious moment and maybe it isn't appropriate for a loud shout, but seeing one of you just wave back at me to let me know that the word that God's given us today is ministering to you, um, it helps. And so please lean in. In the balcony, I see y'all. Make sure you lean in. We're going to have fun today. Hmm. Let's jump into the scripture. Today we'll be reading out of the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. And I'll give us some more context after we read and where we're going. If you haven't noticed, we are in the theme of breakthrough. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, if I could be honest, at first when I heard it was breakthrough, I was like, breakthrough what? Break, breakthrough? Breakthrough. But as I've dived into the word, and the thematic scripture that is for our series, the one we're about to read, uh, the Lord's just been illuminating some new things to me. And it's always fun when you grow up in the house of God, but God still continues to pull back layers. How many of you know that no matter how far you've been walking with the Lord or how long you have been, he's always got something new for you. So if you already tuned me out, you might hear something new today. So let's have some fun. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17 through 25 reading from the NIV version, and it reads like this. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. Verse 20. So David went to Baal-perzim, and there he defeated them. He said, as waters break out. 
the Lord has broken out against my enemies before me. So that place was called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them off. Verse 22. Once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephraim. So David inquired of the Lord again and he answered him, do not go straight up but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. The title of my message today is, Could It Be? Could It Be? the God of breakthrough. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice, those who have tuned in online, those in the room, I just ask, Lord, that you would silence distractions. Lord, that you would speak to us in a clear way. Lord, do so much more with these words than we could have imagined. Let your word go forth as your word says and let it not return void, that it would take root in the hearts of your people and we would see the fruit of it, Father, in the days to come. We pray for breakthrough and we pray to the God of breakthrough for this. Father, we declare victory to the north, the south, the east, and the west around our circumstances, around our situations, and we embrace that victory because we embrace you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray and said, amen. Amen. So we're in a new year, 2022. Can you believe it? You made it. You, you did, if you did nothing else, you made it. I mean, if it was a bad year, you made it. And so here we are. And we're in a new theme, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't first look back at the theme that we once just walked through, which was reset. Somebody say Reset. What's funny to me about Reset is that we, at least I know for my life, for our staff here at CLC, and for some of my family members, there indeed was a Reset. Now that Reset came with many welcome things. We were, we were pumped for it. Lord, Reset my life. Lord, Reset my sin chart. Just wipe it clean. Lord, Reset my perspective. But with that Reset came a lot of turbulence in 2021. With that reset came some things that maybe you weren't ready for, maybe you weren't prepared for. Statistics tell us that there's been an increase in divorce. Who would have thought? That there's been an increase in domestic violence. There's been an increase in mental health issues. That there's been an increase of affliction to the people of God. And so if we walk through 2021... I believe that, Lord, the God of the breakthrough would not allow us and not allow our leadership to receive this revelation that this is the word for our year, that this is what we receive and we walk forward with. I don't think God would give us that and, now, and allow us to walk out of moments that are set up, one, starting right now, and not take care of the attacks that have been coming our way. I believe that he is ready and he is willing to handle each and every attack, even the self-afflicted ones. Because we serve the God of a breakthrough. But why is this important? Why is it important that we understand first and foremost what breakthrough is and that we serve a God of the breakthrough? It's important because it allows our perspective to be placed in the right place, to have the right focal point so we know where we're going and what our direction is. I believe we need to know that a spiritual breakthrough, it brings back life. 
A supernatural breakthrough brings back life. When we become more God conscious and we begin to think about the things that the Lord thinks about, we begin to meditate on the things that he wants us to meditate about. Can I tell you, it is so easy for our minds to wander and drift. It's so easy for me to begin to think about what am I going to watch on Netflix after service. It can be that silly, but it can be that distracting. And so if we are going to see breakthrough and see a supernatural breakthrough, we must know that we need to put our focus on God and it brings back life. It also is when God becomes more of a focus than the things of this world. What are the things of this world? It could be good things. It could be your finances. It could be that job, that promotion you've been praying for. There's tons of things that we could say, Lord, these are good things. But when we want those good things more than the God thing, then it becomes a dangerous thing. And he wants us to stand on a firm foundation. A spiritual breakthrough is a move of God. It brings an awakening in a church. And I don't know about you, I'm only 30 years old, but I'm tired of being around churches that don't believe in the spirit and that he still moves and that there's still breakthrough to be had. It may not look like how you want it to look like. It may be a little weird for you, but let me tell you something. You watch enough weird stuff on TV. Could you believe for a moment that maybe our God still moves in the supernatural? A supernatural is when what the enemy had hidden is now revealed. Ooh, enemy gets me mad. <laughs> Spiritual eyes are open, and this is important because we can so easily fall into the motions of our day-to-day. -day. We can easily fall into, we come to church, lift our hands, shout when Pastor Nadine says, but when I walk out, there still hasn't been transformation. Oh, I can say it because I've lived it. Yeah, I might be able to bring the word. Yes, God speaks to me in different ways, but he speaks to you in different ways. And just like you and I are regular people, we can drift and fall into the regular motions. See, it's our natural thinking, our earthly perspectives that can become a blockage to the supernatural breakthrough. And so our first point for today, if we are to properly approach the threshold of breakthrough, we must start by focusing on God and not our breakthrough. Or you can write it, not my breakthrough. Now, this may seem elementary. This might seem like, well, you know, before we go any further, I need us all to be on the same page about the God that we serve. I need us all to understand that even though you may have had a rough year, even though this year may have not been what you planned or hoped for, we serve a God that decided that he would send his son as a sacrifice for us so that he can reconcile us to him and so that we can have everlasting life and not just everlasting life, but life more abundantly here on earth as we live it. And so this is the good God that we have. We sing about him. We call him a good, good father. But I've discovered it's important for us to park on a revelation like this about who God is and where our perspective is because the God you see is the God you get. I'll say it again because I don't know how you've been seeing today. I know I got really bad vision, wasn't going to wear the glasses today, but I had to. My eyes were a little tired, you know, running on that New Year's Eve little bit of sleep. But hear me clearly, the God you see is the God you get. 
See, in Mark chapter 6, we see that Jesus is going to Nazareth, his hometown, and he's going to go do some miracles. He's ready to perform exactly what God had created him to be and to do. And as he's there, what we see is that they're here in the synagogue. And as Jesus is teaching, he senses that other people are talking about him. And they're looking at him like, isn't, isn't that the carpenter's son? That's, that's Joseph's son, right? You heard about Joseph and Mary, right, like 30-something years ago. Like, you know, they eloped. They did that whole thing. Were they really married yet? I don't really know. <laughs> Jesus senses this, and he says, a prophet, right, he says, only in his hometown among his relatives and his own household, a prophet is without honor. And what some scholars that I love to read and in theologians one of them, they said in their opinion that this passage that I'm referencing right now is, could possibly be, in their opinion, one of the saddest moments in Scripture. That because they, they didn't see him for who God created him to be, they missed out on what he was bringing to them. The word says, and he did not do many miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them. The Bible says he did not do any mighty miracles there. So only a few people got what was available for many. Hmm. Why? Well, because if you see a carpenter, right? If you see a carpenter, then, then you get your house fixed. But if you see a Christ, then you get your life fixed. And if you're looking at the carpenter and asking him to fix certain things, well, then that's all you're going to get. And if you're looking at him for just your salvation, then that's probably all you're going to get because you'll receive salvation, but no elevation. You'll receive salvation, but you're not going to have transformation. You'll receive salvation, but you're going to miss out on progression and breakthrough. Why? Because our God is the God of breakthrough. So if you want to see him and put him in this little box, that's on you. But if you see him the way Paul saw him, as we referenced earlier, that he's a God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. According to your strength, I don't think so. According to your knowledge, I hope not. But according to the power of God that is within you. So get it straight this year. Our God is powerful. Our God is mighty. Our God is able to save and he is the Lord of the breakthrough. I, was, I wasn't sure how to preach this today, but the Lord told me I need some people to get fired up. That breakthrough is here. So how do we get the right perspective? How do we keep the right perspective? Oh, I'm glad we go to CLC because we give tools and handles for you to be able to do that. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this, be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray. Don't miss this. Always, yeah, you, hard, you got it. Always give thanks to God. Guess what? We have some opportunities for you to do that. We're about to step into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. No, our doors are not closed. Monday through Friday, we will have prayer right in this room. We'll have our 21 days of devotionals. You're going to want to make sure you get on our social media, on our Facebook and our YouTube because we're going to bring back miniature videos that will help push our devotionals. So you don't got to do it alone. It's available to you, but it's on you to stay persistent. It's on you to stay consistent. How do you do it? What do you do when you come on those nights? You remind yourself of God's goodness. 
You remind yourself of his greatness. You remind yourself of his unlimited power. You remind yourself of his promises. And you just might leave out different than when you came. Is there anybody in here that believes your God is the God of breakthrough? If you believe that, go ahead and put that in the chat online. I'm not forgetting about you. This is the second thing. I believe God wants to mark your life with incredible breakthroughs, but in order for this to happen, we must make room for breakthrough by preparing our hearts, or as you would write it, preparing my heart. We see an amazing reality of this in this passage because even though we're reading out of the book of Samuel, it was actually, this book is named after a judge. Samuel was a judge, but the main context of his writing, the main character was David. A lot of us know David, David. You know what I'm talking about. For those in the room, you're welcome. I didn't do it well, but it's hard to be Mike Todd. We see an amazing example of this in scripture. It's interesting because as we look at what's happening in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, the text reveals David's ascension to and his being anointed for the office of king. He's not king yet. He's not king yet. So often we, we, we can so quickly pass over that there was a long process from the time that he was anointed to the time that he became king. So if you actually follow the story and you go back to 1 Samuel, it's when we first are introduced to David, and that's where Samuel comes and anoints David at his father's house. So now fast forward, now we're back in 2 Samuel chapter 5. This would be the third time he's being anointed. Our boy is being installed as king. Hmm. See, it's one thing to say that God has got a breakthrough and progression and to know that he does it, it's another thing to understand how he does it. How does he do this? We see David's ascension was an incremental ascension. He went up little by little. It wasn't this rocket ship from here, zero to 100. He went step by step. It didn't happen instantaneously. It happened incrementally. And the incremental ascension was necessary because David's needed incremental development. This is the part people want to tune out. David needed incremental development. Yeah, King David, who was already good at killing and already good at being a warrior and was already kind of a leader in his own right, even though he was the youngest son, David needed incremental development. In other words, his heart was being prepared. Is your heart being prepared? Or did you just walk in today and now I'm telling you, Get your heart prepared. Hmm. It was as soon as the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king. Funny enough, I, I love that it was when they heard. I was like, how did they hear? How much time would have had to go by? It wasn't like they went on a Twitter feed. It wasn't like David posted on his Instagram like, hey, third anointing, we out. Like, as soon as they heard he was king. This is why God moves us incrementally, because when David got anointed to be king, he got more than what he thought he was getting anointed for. What does that mean? He got more responsibility, but he also got more opposition. And so there is a burden behind every blessing. Mm. Mm. We like to ask for blessings. Lord, bless me. Lord, I, I want to live a blessed life. Or are you going to live a burdened life? Why? Why? Here's why. 
Sometimes God delays the blessing, not because we aren't ready for the blessing, but he delays the blessing to get us ready for the burden that's on the backside of the blessing. It was hard for me to hear that because I want the blessing, but I don't necessarily want all the responsibility and all the extra work that comes with it. Yeah, I want the promotion, but that means I got to lead more people. People are messy. I got a good amen on that one, Pastor Nadine. <laughs> Check yourself. You might be the messy one. Some are like, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Sometimes God will delay it. But check this, because whenever we get something more that we do want, we also get something more that we don't want. And God has to get us ready not just to manage what we do want, but he has to get us ready to manage what we don't want in the burden of the blessing. And so because the elevation of David, what came with it? The attack from the Philistines. So I want to tell somebody, it's funny that we look at David's timetable and it's like, man, that's rough. But we are able to celebrate all the big moments. Can I tell you that God is in control of your timetable also? That I don't know how long you might have been waiting for something and, and pushing and constantly saying, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. And maybe you're doing it with all the right intentions. Can I let you know he's in control of that timetable? Can I let you know that he knows exactly the right time that it needs to get to you? Can I let you know that he is the master orchestrator and he understands what's happening in the unseen while you're stuck with what is seen? And he's saying, would you just trust me because I got it for you? So how do we make room in our hearts? It's while we wait on the Lord of the breakthrough, we draw near to him. We call to him. We set aside real time in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We pick something that we really know will bring us maybe that, that discomfort to say, okay, God, I feel this. I need you. So I draw near to you because I, I want you, Lord. I draw near to you because when I'm weak, you're strong. I draw near to you because you have grace and mercy for me daily. We draw near to him. And so the Bible says that the Philistines hear that he was anointed to be king. And the enemy comes with full force to search for him. Notice, David did not provoke this attack. It was unprovoked. But God is the God of advancement and progression and breakthrough. And so all David is attempting to do is advance, and here comes the enemy. Upon first glance, I, I was like, why would the Philistines attack David when they heard? They just heard. He's not even king yet. Hmm. He hasn't occupied the throne, and, they just received, and he just receives the final anointing. David was in charge of one part of Jerusalem, of Israel, the kingdom of Israel. He had one part. He wasn't over all of it yet. And so could it be that they heard about his anointing and they knew already how they had dealt with David before he was in control of all the armies? Could it be that they knew what he would do to them once he was in a position that had command and control over all the armies? Could it be that they remembered what he did to their chief warrior with one stone? Could it be that they were thinking, oh, if he did that to Goliath uh, with one slingshot, what is he going to do when he occupies his place of potential? We got to get him now. Notice, it wasn't when David was king 
It was when he was en route to be king. So let me let you know, while you are en route to your breakthrough, don't expect the fight to happen there. It happens on the way there. And so we must be alert and know that God is on our side. If you're experiencing an attack and it's on your purpose and it's on your passions, maybe, just maybe, the enemy knows that you got more on your life than he has on his life and that you have more impact for the eternal kingdom than he can. And so I don't know where you're sitting and what you're hoping for, but can I tell you, God has a lot and he has such great things in store for you that if you don't focus in, you're going to miss out. He was anointed and they came in full force. Maybe there are times where we're afraid of our Philistines, but in actuality, they're only attacking us because they understand what they're afraid of. Maybe there are times where we are afraid of our Philistines, when in fact we don't realize that the real reason we're actually under attack is because the Philistines are afraid of us. Check your mental. How do you see it? Are you a victim or are they just coming at you because you got the goat on your side? Are you a victim or are they just coming at you because it's very easy to have the target on your back when you're the champion? It's very easy to hate on the person that's constantly, I don't know how I did, but God's doing it. Just make sure he's doing it. And not you. Number three. Hope you're listening, you're tuned in. Here we go. Number three, expect God to turn battles into breakthroughs. Expect God to turn battles into breakthrough. It's interesting because they come to a valley, and the Bible's very specific about the, the militant tactics that take place here. I, I geek out on this stuff. I like watching, like, army movies sometimes. And so when the Bible starts getting uh, very specific on what's going on with the hills and the valleys and how they're approaching, it's important because there was real geographical things happening there, and God is just in control of all of it, which is my favorite part. You got to read your word. So they come to the valley. And they spread out. Could you imagine the Philistine army just spread out? You would imagine that they'd have their strongest soldiers on the front lines. And so David sees this. He observes it. You can imagine he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go pray. (laughs) And that is the greatest first move he made. The Bible lets us know this. (laughs) It said that he went down to the stronghold. And when I heard that, like, naturally you hear strongholds, like, oh, my God, what's happening there? He went down to where he knew he was going to be able to grab on to the Lord, and he was going to call to him. He was familiar with this place. And the Bible tells us that the first thing he does is he goes down. And so when trouble comes up, he goes down. It's our responsibility to the battle that enables God. It's our response in the battle that enables God to perform the breakthrough. And so when problem shows up, he goes down. When opposition shows up, he goes down. Because even though he has experience in warfare, even though he has experience in warfare, even though he defeated Goliath himself, by himself, no bed, no pillowcase, by myself, he did it. 
He never got so com confident in his own ability that he could do it without God. So this teaches us something. This is the key to breakthrough here. It teaches us, mm, it teaches us that breakthrough is not just determined by the strength of our hands. It is determined by the sensitivity of our ear. I'll, yeah, go ahead, just let it sit. You're like, oh, I know that, I understand that. Okay, okay. Breakthrough is not just determined by the strength of our hands. It's determined by the sensitivity of our ears. So it means that it is determined by our willingness to listen to God, who will always give you a strategy to get unstuck. You're stuck in your marriage? Take it to God. You're stuck at your job? Take it to job. Take it to God. Don't take it to the other job. There is no strategy, there is no area of your life that is out of God's expertise. The Bible doesn't talk about it. There is no area of your life that God does not have a strategy to get you unstuck from. You can go to Tony Robbins, get some really good breathing exercises, but you won't have the God of heavenly hosts. So in the facing of crisis, the Philistine invasion comes and David, he prays and he asks God for guidance. And when facing the enemies of this life for us, we have the most powerful resource imaginable and it's the resource of prayer. And when we pray and we seek the face of the Lord, he promises to deliver us. He promises to empower us to walk through the trial as conquerors and victors. And so David goes down. And what does he do? He, he asks two questions. And the first question is this. He, he says, should I fight? Funny enough that it's a warrior, a fighter. Okay, sh should I fight? A fighter asking God if he should fight. It's an important leadership principle here that all battles don't require your participation. That's the, that's the word of God. So what does that mean? It means today and this month when we begin to put down different thoughts for our breakthrough cards... You may not have to write everything because God's not really focused on that thing. He may just be taking care of it and doesn't really need your help on it. So we need to pray and ask the Lord, what should I pray for? Pastor Nadine told me that a couple months ago, I was so frustrated at that response. You should ask God what to pray for. I was like, I'm asking you. The best part is when I use that line on other people now, Pastor Nadine. I'm like, you should ask God what to pray for. So he asks, should I fight? The second thing he asks is, if I do fight, will you deliver them into my hands? So the Lord gives him instruction, and we see the Philistines, they spread out a wall, and it's important to note that David doesn't see his ability as God's authorization. What do I mean? David had more than enough capability to lead. 
David knew how to, how to fight hand-to-hand combat. But just because he had the ability, it doesn't mean that he had the authorization. See, the burden of being uniquely gifted, you may have lots of talents. You may, you may be so skilled at so many different things that you're quick to, eh, I'll fix it. I know that that's my thing sometimes. Someone will tell me their issue and I'm like, here's how, hold on to, wait, we could do this. And they're like, yo, just listen to me. I don't need help. The burden of being uniquely gifted is that just because we have the ability doesn't mean we have the authorization. One author puts it this way. He says, our passion is what we wanna do. Our talent is what we can do, but our purpose is what we're supposed to do. I'll read it again. Our passion is what we want to do. I wanna do a lot of things. Our talent is what we can do. Sometimes you gotta tell people, I can't do that. <laughs> Got too many talents. But our purpose is what we're supposed to do. So what does this strategy look like for us? You take this card and you begin to ask God to reveal what he wants to break. Not just what you feel like needs to be broken, but what does he wanna break? You take this card and you meditate on the Lord and you say, God, begin to show it to me this week. Begin to show me what I don't see. And then we pray and we continually bring it to him. And we bathe it in prayer with faith, knowing that he is able. And even if it's not on the timeline we want, if it's what God wants, he's going to get it. And so David says, do I have the authorization? In the Bible? And God says, yes. And the Bible tells us that they're able to break through the wall and gain ground against the Philistines. David names that place, he names it the uh, Baal Perazim. He says, because like waters break forth, like waters break forth through a dam, so the Lord has broken through my enemies. Could you imagine that? I'm a visual person. Could you imagine a wall of an army? And they just say, okay, God said go straight forward at them. And as they explode forward, they rush like a river. I don't know if you've ever gone whitewater rafting. It's a little bit scary. But when you see the power of that water, it's majestic. And so we see the army come through and they, they literally take their army apart. And the word of God tells us that the, uh, the Philistines abandon their idols and they leave. Hmm. And as I see this, you know, I thought to myself, wow, this is a really cool ending. Like, whoa. Bing, bang, boom, done. Not so. They come back again. <laughs> the, the text says that they came back again, and David says, okay, Lord, they're back. Shall I, shall I pursue again? And I love that David didn't confuse winning the battle with winning the war. David was thorough. David understood that the enemy would be relentless in their nature to make sure that they disrupt the call of God. The enemy's probably more relentless at destroying the call of God on your life than you are relentless at pursuing the call of God on your But David was thorough. Even when he defeated Goliath, we remember he knocked him down with a rock, but he didn't say, all right, I'm out, call me later. No, he, he walked over to David, Goliath, 
and he took his own sword and he beheaded him because he took the same tool that the enemy would have used against him on the enemy. David was thorough. He said he might have been knocked down, but I'm going to make sure he's knocked out. And so he was thorough. We must be thorough. We have to be thorough. He says this, I, I, I don't, God gives him specific instructions. He gives him a different strategy, even though it's the same problem. That's why you can't just assume that what God told you last time is what's good for this time. What was it saying? I know how to deal with this. I'm just going to deal with it on my own. Wrong. So he says this, God says, I don't want you to go forth. I want you to wait until you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees. And when you hear that sound of marching, that's when I want you to go. Could you imagine? You're with your, your army and you're waiting. Trees all around. There's no wrestling, no wind. And then suddenly you hear a rush of wind through the trees. Who marches in treetops? I sure know that humans don't. It is God's army going forth, going first. Can I let you know? that God, he sometimes will ask you to wait. More often than not, because the word of God lets us know that he goes before us, that if we're willing to wait, he might just go out before us and take care of some things before we even get there. What do I mean? Maybe if you let God go first in that tough conversation, it'd be a little easier. Maybe in the meeting that you're dreading tomorrow morning, yeah, it's Monday, sorry to remind you. Maybe if you let God go first, that meeting would look a little different than how it's looked all through 2021. Maybe if we would wait and say, Lord, you tell me when and when I go, oh, it's going to be a whole lot easier than if I would have gone alone. We have the God of angel armies on our side. God, forgive us for getting in the way thinking we know better. He says, let me go first. Then the Philistines abandoned their idols. And they leave, and, and it's, it's kind of like clunky, if I'm being honest, in the, in the reading of this. It's like, oh, okay, cool, and they leave. Okay, well, just, all right. So simple, so quick to pass over. But the word of God, if it's in there, it's in there on purpose. If it's in there, it's providing context to what God is doing. So it makes me ask the question, why did they have idols with them even in the first place? Could you imagine going to to travel to a distant land. And now you gotta bring this huge statue and your whole army is bringing it. And you finally get there, you put it down and you're tired, like, okay, it's time to fight. They bring their idols for what? 
It was for a reason. Interestingly enough, they were polytheistic, which means that they worshipped a number of other gods. And we don't know for sure what idol they brought, but it's safe to assume that it was the idol of, of, of war, their god of war, which could have been Dagon. And so they brought the idols with them because they thought the idols would help them. Because your true God is what you carry with you in a fight. You get in a fight, it's really easy to see where your loyalties lie. Who do you run to when you're in a fight? Are you lugging around big idols? Maybe it's the idol of a relationship. Well, I know I can go to this person, they're going to help me. Probably not the weight that they were made to carry. Oh, I know, I, I got this, I got that, that, that money in my bank account, I'm going to be all right, I'm going to be straight. Dave Ramsey emergency fund unlock. Somebody felt conviction because they don't. <laughs> They're like, oh, I gotta do that this year. Where's your dependency? David and the Israelites, they won. Philistines lose. David and the Israelites get the breakthrough that we could see because they had a breakthrough that we couldn't see. This is the key to breakthrough. Before we can get breakthrough in an area that we can see, we first have to get breakthrough in the area that we can't see. See, before David and the Israelites got a breakthrough externally, they had a breakthrough internally. So just stay with me here. Could it be that the area we want breakthrough in isn't the area that we need breakthrough in? You're like, well, Pastor Tim, let's breakthrough, good breakthrough. Make sure it's good breakthrough. Could it be the area we want breakthrough in isn't the area we need it in? Could it be that the areas we want breakthrough in, God is using to get us to get breakthrough in the area we really need it? Mm, see, because God is so much smarter than us. Oh, my gosh. He put a carrot in your face over here. You'd be like, all right. And he'd be like, oh, no, go that way now. Could it be that the real issues weren't the Philistines, but that the real issue were the idols? And if we get breakthrough from the idols, then we would automatically get victory with the Philistines. Could it be, could it be that God is using the things we want fixed to fix the things he wants fixed? Could it be that God is being the God of breakthrough doesn't just mean that he's giving us breakthrough with the contracts at work or giving us breakthrough with new opportunities or properties and relationships and resources and habits. Could it be that the Philistines lost because they had a source of dependency that wasn't the true God? What if I told you the only logical explanation for you carrying a statue into battle is fear? is that you're afraid. It only makes sense if you're afraid of what might happen if you don't carry it with you, right? It's like people with, with weapons, concealed weapons. You got it because you're like, all right, something goes down, I'm ready. But if you have a different confidence, you don't need it. You're showing where your real dependency is, right? That's not at all my like, I'm 
men that hold their people. That's more of an illustration. Pastor Tim's hand. Oh, okay. What if I told you the Philistines' problem wasn't their swords and their spears, but it was that their fear that led them to their idolatry? What if I said that behind a lot of our internal struggles and battles that we haven't broken through yet are some invisible internal issues that God wants to use the visible battle to address. The internal thing that we got going on, he wants to use that other thing to really get at the thing that's in your heart that you ain't gonna given up. Could it be that because where you're going requires the addressing of those things in order for you to handle it properly. Some of us, we've been living on this level and God's like, great, do your thing. And if you do your thing, I'll do my thing up here. And then when we work together, we're gonna see the real breakthrough come. Could it be that certain levels require new degrees of mastery and freedom? Could it be that not mastering some of the areas that, you know, we still were able to get? I got this far, and I didn't really have to deal with those things. Could it be that where God wants to send you, now you have to deal with those things? If we're going to be messengers of hope and spread light and love, if we're going to have impact in our families and in our homes, if we're really going to see those who are broken and far from God come close, then we have to know that we have to give up these things that the enemy has been holding us hostage to. And these things don't allow you to walk in the fullness of your anointing. These things allow you to start questioning, did God really call you to it? But if you'd surrender it to him, then you'd be getting a new confidence. We must be a people that relentlessly pursue breakthrough, not just in an area that we can see, but in the areas that we can. We must be people that say, Lord, show me. Am I afraid? Do I have fear? Lord, show me. Am I stubborn? Lord, show me. Am I unwilling to listen? Show me. Am I unteachable? Because maybe the thing I can't see is really the thing I need breakthrough with. Because if I fix what's on the inside and let God get in there, then God's definitely gonna address what's on the outside. So what is it? What is the thing that is hurting you? What is the thing that you can't see that no one else can see but you know is there? What is God using this moment of friction, this, this toil, this wrestling to show you about you? See, it could be a new year, but it could be the same thing. New year, same thing. New year, same thing. Get into February, same thing. And it's God showing us that that same thing is the thing he's ready to twist and make a new thing. For the Philistines, it was fear. You may not know this, but you don't have to be afraid to be trapped by fear. It, it, fear can, can just creep its way right in because it could be so subtle and so hidden and it can hinder us and we don't even know it. What if I told you that every act of disobedience was rooted in fear? Let's try it. We see Jonah, right? Jonah takes off. He disobeys God because he was afraid. Afraid of what? To do things differently. Afraid to try God's way. 
We see Achan in the book of Joshua, and he's, he's engaged in this act of disobedience because he's afraid. He's hiding things that the Lord said, no hide. But why is he hiding them? Why is he afraid? Well, he's afraid that he wouldn't be able to provide for his family, and that's me giving the brother a benefit of the doubt. He's afraid. What if, if God told David to wait till he heard the sounds on the tops of the trees? If he was trapped by fear, he wouldn't have gone. He would, have never, he would have never went. He had ultimate faith in knowing that Jesus, that the Holy Spirit was on his side, that the God of all things was ready to activate. In order to obtain breakthrough, we, it will require courage. People who stop progressing are people who stop believing, and God will let you live on whatever level you want to stay at. If you don't want more, won't give it to you. He's a gentleman. He's not like the Italian grandmother that's like, eat more, eat more, eat more. I ate already. I'm full. Thank you. I'm stuck. Has enough? No. He'll be like, all right. That's where you want to live? That's where we'll be. He can have, he can have the land of Canaan and the plans for you, but if you settle for the wilderness, that's where he'll allow you to stay. It takes courage to fight for breakthrough. You have to risk what you have for why you have it. Because what you got ain't nothing if you don't have him. It took Jesus' courage to go into a tomb and trust that his father would faithfully raise him up three days later. It took courage. It's going to take you courage to believe that your marriage doesn't have to follow the trend of what your family has had. It's going to be your courage to believe that even though you may have had a vice for years, even though you've had a habit that's developed, that you can trust that God, if you surrender it, he'll do a new thing in it. It's going to take courage to say, I don't have to be like my family was. I don't have to be like my father was. I don't have to be like what the world is calling me to be. It takes courage and it's hard. So don't say the church didn't tell you it's hard. It's difficult. But when we lean into him, when we abide into him and in racing, I love, I'm loving race cars lately. When you take the draft of the car that's leading your way, then you're able to go faster than if you were putting less gas on it. It's just how physics work. And so if you allow God to go first, you're able to draft behind him. You're able to get things accomplished. You're able to go forward into the things he's called you to. So maybe the breakthrough we see isn't the first breakthrough we need. You know what refusal to change is? It's fear. What happens if I change? What happens if I trust? What happens if I try to trust again? What happens if I let down these walls that I've used to barricade my heart from hurt? What happens? And God is whispering to those of us in this room and online, fear not, for I am with you go before you. My rod and my staff, it comforts you. He's on your side. Can I let you know today you're not alone? That yeah, yeah, maybe people that were once in your circle are no longer there. That's okay. Can I let you know that the one who gives purpose, the one who stamps approval, the one who said that you're so worth it that I'll send my son, says, I'm for you. And I'm with you. So no matter the battle you're in or how long you've been in it, he is the God of breakthrough. And if you really want to have breakthrough and live it to the fullness of God's best for your life, then it will require 
ma'am. It will require, sir, you getting over the fear. Let's go one more place. Because fear is real. I, I think I've dealt with fear more than I've actually realized. And I think it's the same for many of us. The Bible lets us know this, that you overcome fear with fear. How? Explain. Proverbs 9, chapter 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we need to know this. I want to let you know, I, I, I listen to smarter preachers. I listen to smarter theologians. So when I got this revelation, I was like, let's go, God. This is amazing. Got to share it. Check this. Superior fear. There's two types of fear. There's a superior fear and an inferior fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's an inferior fear. But he did give us fear of the Lord, which is a reverential respect. Catch this. So when you overcome the inferior fear, right, that spirit that we're not supposed to have, by pairing it and bringing the superior fear and, and having it override, what does that mean? I need to make sure that you understand what courage is. Courage is the presence of faith in spite of fear. Catch me? I didn't say it ain't going to be scary. I said you're going to have to be courageous in spite of the fear. And so what does this mean? What does real God-fearing people ask? What are the questions? It's this. Inferior fear, the spirit of fear says, I'm afraid to do this. But fear of God says, I'm afraid not to. I'm afraid of, of what happens if, if I miss this. Uh, fear of God says, uh, what I might not see God can do. Uh, fear of God says, who might not be impacted if I don't say yes? Fear of God says, where, where might I not go if I don't say yes? And so when you begin to look at the fear of what you might miss out on in God, you begin to look at the fear of what the world was sending you like, this is silly. Because what is it good to you if you, oh, I can't even quote the scripture. What is it good to you if you lose your soul and you gain the world? It's nothing. So you need to make sure that you give your life to the things of God. Could it be that because your God is a God of breakthrough, <laughs> that you're about to step into your bell parazem, your moment? I believe that this is just a start, that this is just lighting the flame, but I'm going to need your participation in a moment to make sure that it's fully lit. We've reached the end of the sermon, end of the message. And now all that's left is for you to respond. It shouldn't take much coaxing. It shouldn't take much encouragement. Because the word was preached. And you have a God that is worth your energy. You have a God that is worth your focus. You have a God that goes before you. And so before we begin to say, Lord, do this breakthrough. Lord, I need to see breakthrough here. What I would love for us to do is for the Lord to search our hearts. And for us to say, God, am I afraid? What am I afraid of you changing in my life? What habit am I afraid of you breaking off? What stronghold have I been so way too comfortable for far too long? And let him whisper that to your ear. Don't let it be a peer. Don't let it be, let it be him that tells you it's time that it's time for the internal breakthrough, and then he'll do take care of all the externals.
All across this room, would you stand to your feet? I'm gonna prompt us in some prayer, but I'm gonna ask that you would lean in. That if you're comfortable, you're more than able to come to the altar if you'd like, but if you're not, you can stay right where you are. But I wanna give you an opportunity in this moment to respond to the Lord of the breakthrough. To, to engage him and give him the proper glory, adequate praise to him. And then as you do that, I want you to begin to say, search me, God. Search my mind. What, what pattern has been so ingrained that I don't realize that that's where you want breakthrough? What perspective or mindset have I been wearing or focused in on that I need you to shatter? And he'll begin to reveal it. So across this room, would you lift your hands? And we're going to pray. I want to hear you pray with me loudly and proudly and call on his name. Father God, we come before you right now. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that we serve a God who is above all things. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is undefeated. He is matchless in his name. And he is mighty to save. Father, we give you honor and glory because, Lord, you give us the ability to access you through prayer. You give us the ability to draw near to you and spend time. And, Lord, that you care about uh, all the little details, Lord, not just the major uh, examples in our life, but, Lord, you care about who we're becoming. You care about the character of our lives. You care about, Father, the words that spill off of our lips. You care about, Father, who we are walking in and what the call of God that we are walking in looks like. It's so, Father, I pray right now for your people, Lord, that you would begin to reveal to them, Lord, the things that have been keeping them held back, the things that have been keeping them held hostage. Right now, go ahead and put that on your lips. Say, Lord, reveal to me what's holding me hostage. Lord, reveal to me what I do not see. Give me spiritual eyes. Go ahead, CLC. I want to hear you pray. Quickly, I'd like for us to do this. Uh, something I learned being around Pastor Candy enough is that when we pray on one course in alignment to one thing, we allow more pressure to be pushed on that one thing that we're praying for. And in my spirit, in my gut, I'm feeling that we need to pray over the marriages in this household right now. That we're going to pray that we'd see breakthrough in the marriages in this house. Would you go ahead and lift that up with me all across this room? Father God, we lift up to you the marriages that are underneath the household of CLC, God. And we just ask, Lord, that you place a hedge of protection around them, Lord. That you would begin to reveal, Father, maybe some of the patterns and the tendencies, Lord, that you want to redeem. Lord, that you want to renew. Lord, that you want to excavate and pull out, Lord Jesus. And Lord, that you would plant fresh seeds, Lord God, seeds of love. Lord, seeds, Lord Father, that stem, that everything in the relationship would be hinged to you. Lord, that you would be the stronghold in the relationship. Lord, we pray for fathers right now. Lord, that you would give them a confident hope to know, God, that they can lead despite weaknesses, that they can lead despite emotions, that they can lead despite mistakes. God, I pray for our, our mothers in this household. Lord, I pray for a special anointing. Lord, that you put words of affirmation and encouragement on their lips. 
God, that they speak, Father, into their families with, a, with an affirming love, God, that it is sharpened by your word, God. And right now, Lord, we pray for our hearts. Lord, would you help us to look inward, not just in this moment, but Lord, let it start now. Begin to open, Father, spiritual eyes in this room to see what you are up to. Lord, I pray for the hardened heart in the room. Lord, that you'd begin to break it down, that you'd soften it. Lord, like only you can. Lord, I pray that you'd send the right vessel to those with the hardened hearts, God. are a God of breakthrough, but Lord, more than the breakthrough, we need you, we want you, we want to be closer to you, we want to look more like you, Lord, we want to experience your anointing and glory here on earth, and so Father, I pray that as we begin to consecrate ourselves, Lord, as we get ready this week for the 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, that there would be an intentionality of going deeper like we haven't seen, God. Lord, that our focus would truly be on not just doing what's easy, but doing, Father, what's challenging. And Lord, I pray that you would lift up the courageous spirit in this room, that when fear rises up and lies of the enemies begin to attack us, Lord, that we'd see it for what it is. And Lord, that we'd walk forward with the plan that you give us. Father, open our ears to be sensitive, that we wouldn't move with strong hands, but that we'd move with sensitive ears, that we'd move, Father, with a heart, Lord, that is postured to move and follow your lead. God, I pray that you give us the patience, Lord, Father, to let you lead and to go when you say go and to stay when you say stay. And so, Father, we give you honor. We give you glory. Lord, I pray that this would just be the appetizer that gets us more hungry for the levels you want to take us to. Lord, I pray you would stir up the hunger in this room. Lord, that you would stir up the hunger in this room, God. Lord, that there would be a desperation, that it'd be a true cry from our soul to yours. And Lord, that when it connects, that it'd be a sweet fragrance to you, God, and that your presence would rest in this place. Lord, we declare that we would see healings in this place. We declare that we will see strongholds broken off in this place. Lord, that generational curses, Lord, that want to attach and leech themselves on. Lord, that those would be broken by the blood of Jesus. Lord, I pray for an increase in power, an increase in dominion, an increase in authority, an increase, Father, in perspective, so we would walk with the confidence that comes from you, and it is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray, and we say, amen. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening, and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.